So uh, I'd ask you to turn to John 6 for just a few minutes. We'll look at John 6. Stand with me when you find your place, if you would. In Harvest Sunday fashion, I've been studying on the bread of life. And so we'll look in John 6, beginning in verse number 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat with which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this day that you blessed us with. We thank you for your precious son, Jesus, and how you've blessed us tremendously, God. You've been so good to us in this past year. God, and in all of our lives, you have blessed us beyond what we deserve. Lord, we deserve nothing. You owe us nothing, but God, because of your love, you're constrained to love and to care and to show us grace and mercy. We thank you for that promise. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that he is the true bread of life. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. I would like to turn your attention for just a few moments this morning to... Some thoughts about Jesus, the bread of life. How we see there in verse 35, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. We know and understand that we all possess hunger. And we realize that hunger is a natural thing. And uh, many of us have never truly experienced hunger. Aside from just being late to a meal, we've never truly experienced physical hunger as there wasn't any food anywhere to go and get. Uh, You can see me and know that. But the reality is hunger also applies to our spiritual lives. 
There's a spiritual hunger. And uh, by the help and the, the drawing of the Holy Ghost of God, the, the hunger that we have when we realize that we are lost, that we are undone, that we have never accepted Jesus as our Savior, we begin to realize that we're hungry. Begin to realize that the things of this world, you ever talk to somebody that's under conviction, that, that that's, uh, the Lord is dealing with them about being saved, and we thank the Lord that, uh, uh, that his Holy Ghost deals in conviction. I, I praise the Lord for that. But you talk to somebody who's dealing with conviction or you watch them, you see that they're hungry and they will seek to be fulfilled all over the world. They'll try to find fulfillment anywhere uh, in, in, in jobs and careers and passions and hobbies and drugs and alcohol and sex and all the other things out there, all the, 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 the worldly things, even though some of those are not uh, necessarily a bad thing as they stand. You've got you, you to have a job. You've got to have uh, money to buy the food that you eat. God knows that and God understands that. But some people seek to fulfill their hunger in those things. And the things of this world will not fulfill the hunger of being lost. The things of this world will not fulfill the hunger of being apart from Jesus Christ. Some people then turn to good works. Well, if I could just be a good person, if I could just be a, 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 a moral person, if I can just be a decent person, let me tell you this morning that decent people go to hell all the time because it takes your hunger being fulfilled by Jesus Christ to get into heaven. It's not by how good I can be. It's not about how nice I can be. It's not about how moral I can be. It's not about how much money I can give or how much time I can give or how, how big of a church I can pastor or how many programs I can be involved in. Those things will not satisfy a spiritual hunger. That is the relationship with Jesus Christ that we seek and realize and understand at an age of accountability, we realize that there's something empty inside of us. So you look at people that don't have Jesus and you see a hunger. Some of them, they don't even realize they're without Jesus, but yet they still hunger. The world is hungry for something. They need something. They want something. Oftentimes these people, you will see that they're hungry because the world that they had placed their faith and their trust in has let them down. They're hungry because the world system has, when, when the world system has gotten done with what they were able to contribute to it, once they're done with, with what they're able to contribute, then they realize they're hungry because the world doesn't want them anymore. See, that's the thing about sin is the world wants you when you're excited about your sin. The world wants you when you're indulgent in your sin. The world wants you when you're seeking after your sin. But once you realize that you're empty, the world doesn't want you no more. You bring things down. You're bringing them down. You're making them sad. You're, uh, you're, you're cramping their style if you're from that, that era. I mean, anybody ever been there? As soon as you, uh, as soon as you come up on hard times, the, the friends that I lost when I started preaching blows my mind. I have one friend from my high school days that I still talk to that, that didn't disown me when I started preaching. I mean, you realize that your people in the world, if you're not going the way they're going and walking in the path they're walking in, they don't want you. When you're hungry and you realize you're hungry, there's also people that are 
lost that are hangry. Amen? I mean, there's hungry people, but there's some hangry people out there. And that's usually the people that are close to getting something right. <laughs> usually people that are, that are hangry, they're hungry for something, but they're angry because they're hungry. Those people, they're, they're, they're taking it seriously, I, I believe. They're, they're really looking at themselves. They're really serious about uh, this story of Jesus. They're serious about this, this truth. But what, what happens is when we realize we're hungry and we understand that Jesus is the bread of life and that we can partake from him and we can be satisfied forever, that causes us to have to be honest with ourselves about our sins. And that's when we get hangry. We're hungry, but I'm angry because that means i got to get rid of some junk in my life. But Jesus here, he's talking and they refer, he refers to the manna from heaven where the, these men, they said, our, verse 31, our fathers did eat manna in the desert as, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat, talking to Moses. And then Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto you. So we know there's hunger. There's a realization that, that, that each and every man, woman, boy, and girl at some point in time realizes that there's an emptiness inside of them. And I believe every person has a chance and an opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. And they realize that they're hungry and it is the bread of life. They, they said Moses uh, brought down the, the, the bread from heaven, the manna from heaven. He said, well, Jesus said that that was my father that sent the bread from heaven. That was my father that sent manna from heaven. Just as he has sent me. And so Jesus is as the bread of heaven. Except the difference about Jesus being the bread of life. In verse 35 it says, He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And so this bread of life, our Savior Jesus Christ, he will fulfill that hunger. He will fulfill that hangry. He will fulfill all the, the emptiness inside of a lost soul forever. So first thing about uh, uh, this bread of life is salvation. Think about it, these few things with me for just a minute. The first thing is this bread. Now think about the body when we do communion uh, we, we think about the, the body and the blood, amen? The body representing, the, the bread <clears throat> representing the body that was broken for you and for me. That broken body, the body of Jesus Christ, was meticulously prepared by his Father. God didn't just haphazardly send Jesus to come to seek and to save. There is a practice and a process that you can see from Genesis to Revelation that, is, that, that exemplifies the plan of God to send the bread of life to man. And so the emptiness of man created a need for a bread that would create a, in, in men a salvation where they would never thirst again. And God meticulously prepared this bread for you and for me. And we see prophecy in the Old Testament that tells us the ingredients to this bread. We see that he would be born of a virgin. I mean, Isaiah 53 is the ingredients page for Jesus Christ, this bread of life. 
We see that he would be born of a virgin. We see that he would, would die a sinner's death. We see that he would be beaten and, and mocked and spat upon. And he would be beaten beyond uh, someone being able to realize that he was even a human being. We see that he would be put in a borrowed tomb. And you see, God cared enough for us because he wanted to send his son. And he wanted to fulfill the law. And he wanted to offer to you and to me a salvation that he would not have to re-amend. That he would not have to touch up. That he would not have to go back and update. He sent us a bread of life that has been offering satisfaction for 2,000 years. And he meticulously prepared him. My wife, I, I, I felt bad. I was going to have her make. This, this little girl can make some bread now. Y'all ever eat fresh bread? Son, like, I was going to, we was going to really get into it this morning. But I felt bad. She'd been cooking for three days. But she, she bakes this bread. And man, you won't, you won't want sunbeam ever again. She breaks this bread, slices it up, and it's hot. I mean, I'll eat a whole loaf right out of the oven. I mean, it's just, and Riley, he loves bread as much as I do. Well, me and little Riley, that boy can put away some bread. But she meticulously plans and puts together this, the ingredients of this bread. And then you have to let it rise and prepare and then you stick it in the oven and you cook it and you pull it out and it's gone in 10 seconds. But she meticulously prepared that bread to be made. You see what I'm saying this morning is God in his infinite knowledge and his love and his grace for you and for me, he meticulously planned the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of his son Jesus Christ because of how much he cares for us. He didn't just throw it in the oven and... What's going to happen? He meticulously planned out where he would be born, who, would he, who he would be born to, how he would come, how he would live, the parables he would tell, the, the, the things that he would do. I'm about to preach this morning. The things that Jesus Christ would achieve in his life, the things that people would see him do, the way that he would die, the way that he would be resurrected, the people that would see him on the Emmaus Road, the people that would, would hear the stories that Jesus is living, he's alive and he's well. He meticulously prepared that bread of life for you and for me, for our salvation. That we will not hunger and thirst ever again. That when we take part of this bread, that we will be fulfilled forever. That I will never think back, man, I need to try Buddha now. I need to try Muhammad now. I need to try Catholicism now. I need to try denomination now. But I look back and I know that day... September of the 11th, 2003, that when I got the bread of life, I will never hunger again and I will never thirst because what I got was meticulously prepared and presented to me with the grace and the goodness of God. That's about all I got. This bread, it was meticulously prepared by his father. And then this bread, his body, it was broken for man's sin. See, my wife brings this bread out, and it's so beautiful. I mean, she's got it. I mean, she's really dialing it in. I'm, I'm getting brand points. I'm hoping for a loaf of bread this week. But she's got it rising up, and it's so beautiful. It's almost a shame to pull the knife out and cut it. You look at it, and it's so beautiful. And then you get the knife out. She's got a hacksaw now that'll cut the bread, slice it up. It's almost a shame. It's so beautiful. You know, we look at our Savior, Jesus Christ, and how beautiful he was. He, he wasn't comely in his appearance. As far as you wouldn't see him and think there's the Savior of the world. But the one 
Jesus Christ, the, the bread of life, the one that came to this earth, born of a virgin for you and for me, this bread of life, his character and his personality and his love and his grace and his peace and his hope and his, and his compassion and his conviction and his care and his honesty and all those things mixed up together and prepared and presented, it's a shame that such a beautiful thing was broken. But also, it's a blessing beyond measure that the body was broken that you and I will never have hunger or thirst again. This body was broken for man's sin. You look at him and it will break your heart when you think of what he endured for you. Or it should break your heart, heart for what he endured for you. It should hurt you. Lord, I'm so sorry. It should bring, uh, it should bring sorrow and it should bring pain to think that a, a, the God of, and the creator of this earth, your God, your creator, came to this earth and lived and died and was broken for you. If it don't break your heart, if that hasn't touched you in a while, I would seriously consider, have I ever taken of the bread? Because it should break your heart that he was broken. But it should create thanksgiving in your heart that he was broken. Because he was broken for your sins. His body was laid upon that altar. A sinless sacrifice. And he was broken for you and for me. This bread of life. This bread of life is salvation. Another thing about this bread is it's not corruptible by time or elements. You let bread hang around long enough, what's it do? Molds. I was going to try. You, Sam said you can't even get bread mold anymore. They put so much chemicals in it. Bread molds, don't it? It decays. It corrupts. It loses its savor. There's nothing like that loaf of bread. And you see the heat rising off of it. And you slice it up and you slap a good half a stick of butter on it. There's nothing, nothing like that. I told my wife, I said, this bread, I said, our children will grow up and it will, it, they, will, they will say, man, my mama used to make bread. I mean, it's already made a huge impact on me. I think back to my grandparents and things that they would do and how that impacted me. My, my parents, how they impacted me. But this bread, the thing is, bread of this world, it doesn't maintain its heat, does it? It gets stale. It gets moldy, it decays, it gets corrupted, it gets picked up by the birds eventually. You see, this bread of life, Jesus Christ, it is not touched or corruptible by time and elements. This bread was presented, he laid his body down upon the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, and he has never grown stale, he has never grown cold, he has never become corrupted, he has never been ate up by the birds and the fowls of the air. He has never been thrown out into the woods and trashed away. He is still as good and sufficient today as he ever has been. And that's why his bread, this bread of life, that's why Jesus Christ can satisfy and fulfill your hunger eternally is because he's not touched by time and elements like the bread of this world is. He's, he's our bread for salvation and he's also the bread for daily life. 
This bread that, that is Jesus Christ, when you become a, a follower of Jesus Christ, if you accept him as your Savior and you trust in him as your, your Redeemer, the thing about the bread is not only does the bread offer you salvation, that you'll never hunger or thirst again, but this bread offers you daily bread. Therein the bread is fresh each and every day. I've had one of the craziest weeks this past week. I was supposed to be restful and thankful. Riley did this. It's about to drive me crazy. Uh, supposed to be restful and thankful. And, and we were just so busy. We had so much going on, so many places to be, a lot of things to do. But I have had just good study this week. I've had a good time in the Lord this week. Different things that I've studied, things I probably won't ever preach, but just things God has dealt with me about, things in my, my personal study that God's blessed me with. And what I've learned is that each and every day, this bread of life, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is presented and made fresh and made new each and every day. Each and every day I can go and there's something fresh that the Father has prepared for me each and every day. Because of my relationship with him and my knowledge of him, if I will pray and study his word, he will give me something every day. And if I don't eat today, it's because I didn't go to the table. He's got something every day. He's made preparations every day. But if I don't get something, it's because I didn't go to the table. He's, he's, he's our daily bread. And it's fresh each and every day. This bread is also tasteful with any meal. There's some things you just don't eat with every meal. Am I right? My daddy, I love milk. I love whole milk. I don't drink this watered down junk. Whole milk, the way God intended. See, fat free, it's waste. Whole milk, I love it. But my daddy, it don't matter if we're eating pizza, steak, you name it, chili, he'll eat and drink milk with every meal. Now, I can't do that. I love milk, but I like my milk with an Oreo, the way God intended. <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, every meal, I just can't do it. With every meal. You see, the thing about this bread, this daily bread that he gives us from his word, the daily bread that, 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 that God blesses us with, the bread of life that is Jesus Christ, it is tasteful with every meal. Every time you sit down at the table, it is what you need. It is what your body will begin to desire. It is what your soul and your spirit will begin to want. It goes with everything. Actually, it's the main course for every, in, in every meal. Anything else is just a sign. And, and so the reality is, is that it goes with everything. It'll tell you how to operate your marriage. It'll tell you how to operate in your job. It'll tell you how to, how to come to church and be a faithful church member. It'll tell you how to deal with hardships and hard times. It'll tell you how to deal with disagreements. It'll show you how to deal with sin. This bread is good with any meal and should be every meal. The other thing about this bread, this is why I was hoping to have a big steaming loaf of bread in here is it's warm and delicious. Now, there's times this bread will beat you to death because you've done wrong. Amen? There's times I go, to the, I go to the bread, and spiritually speaking, I get knocked over the head with it because I need to fix something inside of me. 
But what I find is when I go to my Savior, Jesus Christ, each and every time I go and I fellowship with him, I walk away thinking, man, how warm this feels, how good this feels that I've spent time with my Savior, how delicious this taste is on my, on my palate, how good that this food is that God gives me. Like I said this week, I, I've, been re, I've been reading a few books and a few things, and if you ain't careful, you'll get obsessed with the Word. If you ain't careful, you get obsessed with the things of God. And what's so beautiful about that is it's a great, it's the best thing to get obsessed with. It'll get to a point, and even as we shared recently, I believe it was Jeremiah that said the word become as daily food to him. I mean, the word of God become to the point where he gets up and he says, I've got to go eat before I do anything else. My goodness, how united and unified our church could be if we could each and every one say I'm waking up this morning and I've got to eat before I take care of me I've got to eat Martin Luther said I've got so many things to do today I'm going to have to start the day by praying for three hours that's something that he said there's so many important things for me to do today I'm going to have to pray for three hours just to be ready for the day my goodness if we could just grasp hold of that kind of dedication, that I wake up this morning and I say, before I do anything else, I go to get the bread which my Father prepares for me each and every day. And if we just could do that, and I promise you, if you will do that, by the testimony of my life and things, I don't do it every day. I'm, some days I need, I realize it's, it's lunchtime and I ain't ate nothing spiritually. We wouldn't do that to our physical bodies, would we? I got a Bojangles biscuit coming over here. You better believe it. I'm not going to do that to my physical body. Why would I do that to myself spiritually? Yet we neglect the bread that he prepares every day. And I promise you that it's fresh each day. It's tasteful with any meal. It goes with anything that goes on in your life. The bread goes perfectly with it. And the bread is always warm and delicious. It's always good. You don't get stale bread with God. You don't get old bread with God. You don't get uh, uh, moldy bread with God. You don't get trash bread with God. It is warm and delicious, prepared fresh every day. The last thing I'll point your attention to, verse 49. Your father's, or 48, says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. You see, this bread offers us salvation in daily life and daily bread. But part of salvation is our eternal substance. This bread will be good forever. This bread will satisfy forever. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. You see that manna, that was just a means to an end. God blessed and God sent the manna from heaven to get his people through. But the bread of life, the living bread, Jesus Christ is what it takes to live forever. You see, I have a lot of things uh, that, that I enjoy. I, I love reading. I've got so many books, my wife's about to kill me. 
Just got a big Black Friday deal this past week. I got a lot more to read. I love reading books about the Bible. I love reading Bible studies. I love reading commentaries. I love reading church history. I love reading all these things. But you realize that's not the living bread. That's just a little bit of manna to get. That's just a little bit extra. Jesus, the living bread. That's the bread that causes you to cease to be hungry. That ceases your thirst. Hey, coming to church is a blessing. I believe coming to church is, is, is an ordinance given by Scripture. For, for sake, not the assembling of yourselves together. God told us to do it. But the reality is, coming to church, hey, you get a little bit of manna. It's a blessing. But you still need Jesus. First and foremost, you need Jesus. God sends some extra bread. God sends some extra blessing. But the, the living bread is Jesus Christ. That's what satisfies. That's what fulfills. That's what causes you never to be hungry again, never to be thirsty again, is the living bread. Hey, being a good person, living a moral life will make you feel good for a week. But it's the living bread that gets you through. 